This podcast contains language. It is intended for an immature audience only. Listener discretion is desired. Heaven high! Mm. Yeah, that's my funny introduction. Did you find it really funny? Listener discretion. What does that even mean? I know. How do you know whether you are the sort of person who can be discreet until you've heard the naughty word in your ear start bleeding? That's true. Let's test it out on our audience now. Wee wee poo poo. Right, that's it. The audience has now had a stroke. Good. Okay. Well, that's good because then they'll be taken to a hospital ward. And as you know, this is pumped out into hospital radio 12 hours a day and they can't control the volume or the off switch. So it's just what we wanted. <laughs> we should be on hospital radio. Yes. That would be great. By the way, we're Rum Doings. You can you should listen to us if you aren't already. Rum Doings is brought to you by Blink Security Cameras. Oh my goodness. I you we were wondering. We should say rumdoings.com um, a podcast at Rum Doings. Okay. Email us, and I, we did get an email from someone whom I'm about to criticise, but that'll come later, podcast at rumdoings.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at rumdoings. We tell you when we're going to drop the next ep. Yo. Mm. In it. In it, like. Um, so, as I said, this is Rum Doings episode 265. The topic today is, why can't we just prorogue parking wardens? <laughs> Fish and chips. Um, you were saying. You were saying. I was saying that this podcast was brought to us by Blink Security Camera. Oh yeah, and then I listened to James. I listened to James O'Brien's podcast, and so I said I. to you the other day, "What is wrong with where, where are James O'Brien's faults?" And you said that they're yet to be revealed. Well, I found them. Oh, I know. I found them as well. But anyway, he does cherry pick his liberal worldview to make it sound like it is incorrigibly rational, where it is not. He's just making a good argument. He's not proving that Jesus agrees with him. Anyway, you carry on. Well, I would say that there's a. Uh, I have two issues with him. Yes. One is that he. I don't like it when he takes a caller that agrees with him. Um, or he agrees with the caller. It's far too. Um, pally pally, nothing's learned. It's just two people jizzing on each other's backs. Well, usually he calls them a genius. Exactly, and yeah. it's all in that they just they phone up with some insipid point that isn't egregiously stupid, and then and then he's like, "Oh yeah, well, thank goodness you called it." No, 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 no. They're, it was totally uninteresting and boring. Yeah. Um. So yes, it's it's it, that that's one fault, and the other fault is that he happily reads out adverts for um, spy cameras on his podcast. Yes, well, that's, I don't. What's up with that? Well, I mean, that's, it's produced by LBC, and it's probably part of his contract. He but why one... is he reading it out? He's not an American radio presenter. Mm, well, I mean, look, LBC employs Nigel Farage, so it, I don't think it's uh, replete with uh, principles. No, but, but James O'Brien. It should be. No, he's not. He's I'm not asking LBC to be replete with principles. They can play all the Garcia adverts and the podcasts they wish. He, but why is he reading them out loud? Why is he forced to sell his his soul? Because he's told some camera company. Because he's told, as part of your contract, you're going to be producing a podcast, and one of your duties as an employee is to read this out. Off you go. But he should say no and renegotiate his contract. He's quite happy to to slate Mister Farage on his radio program. Mm, uh, yes, I mean. I don't know. I, I, I have you listened to his podcast? I've listened to but one episode, the episode with Michael Palin. 
Oh, no, you should listen to the Tony B. Liar one. I know you want me to listen to that one. That's a better one. Also, down, well, the, I like Michael Palin, so I wanted to hear him chatting. I also um, listened to the one with uh, Ken Clark. Where I've got, they see, I've downloaded that one to my telephone. So, without looking it up, without thinking about it, um, give a parody of Ken Clark's kind of childhood and background and, and so on. You know, just without saying, you know, what you predict based on Karen and all the rest of them. So, go. Um, I imagine he had a very normal middle class background from how he is. That you know, middle ground Tories always strike me as no, people who no who weren't northern who weren't nor- working class and weren't private school. Northern working class uh, pe- family from a from a mining family. Um, he went to got was lucky enough to get into a um, into uh, passes eleven plus and get into a grammar school as one of the scratters and did well mm-hmm. from there. It's interesting. I didn't realize that. Is it fair to say that he's the um, the anti John Prescott? I think that's probably right. Although that's unfair to him because John Prescott is very stupid, and Kenneth Clark isn't stupid. Did you not find yourself harking back to the days of John Prescott now in the Labour Party? To a degree, but you know, you know. I mean, what? Can and he was do? the worst thing we had to worry about. It was good. Oh, John, I heard somebody knock on my door. Can you can you keep the um and. Can you keep the listener entertained or tell them a secret about me while I go away? I'll be less than 48 seconds. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, right, listen, I'm going to tell you some secrets about Nick. Um, Nick is a burglar. He spends many of his uh, early evenings um, robbing the local neighbourhood. Um, he is uh, only pretending to be Jewish for the attention. And um, he once boiled an egg so much that, oh, Nick, you're back. Hello. Are you back? Oh, he's not. Yeah. It was, the, it was the letter carrier, because don't call him postman, because I'm not sexist. The letter carrier, but he wasn't carrying a letter. He was carrying one of Victoria's silly parcels. I um, I nearly gave away the boiled egg secret then. Oh, I came no. back just in time. Oh, lucky you didn't, because it's our Phew. special secret. Anyway, so, yeah, um, John Prescott was the worst. When that was the worst we had to worry about. Um, yeah. It was interesting days. I mean, I was just thinking back the other day, and I think I spoke to you about it, about... Gordon Brown. Remember, he was grumpy and he called a lady racist. Huh. He called a racist lady racist, a bigot. Oh, can you remember that was such that was that was a nas- time of national crisis. He was unelected, Nick. Yeah, unelected and unelectable. <sighs> it's amazing. So we we discussed what was going to happen last week. Now it's happened. Um, any observations that aren't trite? No, I only have trite observations from this point on. Okay. Um, one thing I'd like to point out is um, John Burko, because uh, and and this is to answer some of the points of some of the hysterical uh, people who email us from America about how oh the uh, Supreme Court is going to have right wingers and therefore it's going to be Nazis because they're robots that will just follow the right wing dictat blah 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 blah. Now what mm-hmm. you might notice is that the Tories absolutely hate John Burko. Um, they're not even going to give him a peerage, which is ha- is unprecedented in 250 years. He only got applause from the Labour Party benches and one or two scattered Tory rebels and so forth. So this is a guy, and, and you know, recently he's been pro-Remain. He's worked very hard to try and ensure that Parliament isn't dissed. Try to ensure. Try to ensure that the Parliament isn't dissed. Um, now, you might think, oh, he's obviously a very liberal man. But actually, when he came into power, he was considered 
right wing, even slightly far right. Uh, and you know, Jess Phillips was talking about it. You know, the time that he was considered far right, but as as you grow into a role, you know, you can change. You don't have to be a parody of what you were. And the same thing has actually happened even in the U.S. Supreme Court when Ronald Reagan um, appointed. A number of judges have said, oh, they're going to be unambiguously right. And, you know, they let him down a number of times. Even Kavanaugh recently, um, they somebody tried to bring some uh, ab- abortion rights thing to the to, to the Supreme Court to try and uh, lessen Ro- Roe v. Wade. And he, ref- he, along with some other judges, refused it. So I think we mustn't parody people. I mean, in our attempts to presume that everybody is just utterly venal, corrupt and robotic, it's not actually true. It's not actually true. We know plenty of people in our own lives who aren't. And I think it, it can be just as lazy to presume that everybody is corrupt and venal as it is to presume that uh, everybody is lovely and made of Jesus' butterfly wings. So but here's what is wrong with John Burko. Go on. Um, I'll, show, I'll, I'll demonstrate what's wrong with him. <laughs> we don't need to hear from the gentleman over there who thinks he's being clever. We don't need to hear from the gentleman who thinks he's being clever. We don't need to hear, you know, just no, once. Every time he gets a laugh, he thinks I'll say it three more times. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. I think the next... Uh, He's uh, not nearly as funny as he no. is. Har- Although Harriet Harperson is standing to be speaker. <laughs> she, she, oh my goodness, that's going to be like getting uh, Nurse Ratchet in as the, uh, as the speaker. That's not going to be fun. I'm afraid. He's, so the thing with Burko is apparently behind the scenes he was a bit of a, a, bit of a bum head. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently a bit of a bully to his staff, which well, is I don't not mind. good. No, I don't mind that. I do. As somebody do who has staff, bullying. I can tell you sometimes they need to be bullied. <laughs> um I, I i'm not as you well know fan. i know it's a controversial position but i'm not a fan of bullying well that's um, because you are a big girl's blouse i am a big girl's blouse and an sjw so he but the other problem with him hmm. is um that he's good at his job yes he is um and that's going to be tricky to follow yes because i think what we will get is a milk toast yeah just that robot who's sitting there going you know just doing whatever the government wants and so on which is of course not meant to be the speaker's job there's a reason why the speakers had to traditionally the speaker has to be dragged or normally prodded onto the seat because historically the speaker is the one who got thrown in prison arrested tortured etc because he irritated the government and that's his job right and i yeah. think for a while we forgot that and we thought oh they're just there to to uh, lubricate the cogs from the executive to the parliament no no, no that's not his job at all He's there to speak for Parliament. This speaker has done exactly what a speaker should do and historically has done. It's just that they hadn't done them for so long, even Betty Boothroyd didn't, that uh, we'd kind of forgotten and therefore thought he was being radical or cheeky. He just returned to what the job should have been in the first place, which, of course, infuriated the government as as he should have. Indeed, the fact that he's not getting a peerage means he did his job properly. Does seem that way. Yeah. Um, Unlike Jeff Boycott. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did his job properly, though. Yeah, he did do his job. He got all the way out of the bed. <laughs> Nobody will understand that, and I like none that. of none of our listeners have been born when those words rutted. I I like that so much that we are better than all our listener. That's right. By being closer to death. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what do you think of good old Bojo then? 
Do you think he's got a? Do you think he's got a master plan, or do you think he's actually he literally he's just flailing about? I think that um, I don't. I, I I don't know. I'm stumped by. I'm completely stumped by him because I assumed because everyone says the thing you mustn't, the mistake you mustn't make with Boris Johnson is to assume that he's stupid because he's yeah. a very clever man. But is he? Mm. Is he a knowledgeable man? Is that the issue? Just not a very clever man. I guess we'll see what happens in the next month. I mean, if he's what was his? Because he can't, did he think he was going to be able to walk in and just slide a no deal? Let's let's not call it no deal. Let's call it no deal yet Brexit. Yeah. Um, I let's do that is my... kicking the can down the road, which is ironic. <laughs> because, <laughs> yes, it is because that's what they keep saying. With it yeah. is how on earth did we allow as a humanity allow no deal to become an end rather than? And understanding that it's it means we're going to leave without having started yet. Like all these people saying, my constituents... Just get the job done. My constituents have had enough of talking about all this break, and they say they're sick to the gills of it, just want to get it finished. It's a bit like, That's right. My constituents are sick and tired of all this chemotherapy and say, just stop it now, because <laughs> it's boring and it's making us sick. The fallacy of assuming that just because something's become boring or tedious, it's been it, it, any resolution to it is a good resolution. What's impressive is that that MP's constituents not only are sick and tired; they say they tell me they're sick and tired of waiting, and they just want us to get it done. Mm. But also, they don't even talk to me about Brexit. They talk to me about hospitals and police staffing numbers and, and all the, the other key points I've been told to mention this morning. It, it, it's a uh corollary to the uh the, the politician syllogism you know the politician syllogism that was introduced in um a uh, yes minister where people agree something must be done this is something therefore this must be done and i think it's um this is this is you know this has gone on for too long um this is a conclusion therefore we must conclude like this it's it's, it's the same sort of fallacy you're, you're you're begging the question that it is the appropriate conclusion or the appropriate thing but, but of it's course, not even a conclusion that's why this has become so beyond the looking glass well yes it's the opposite of a conclusion it's failing to conclude anything and therefore having to drag it out for many more years from as and, and i hate to point this out to everyone a far weaker negotiating position but actually realistically one yeah rather than you know the imaginary ones that they're so worried about <laughs> <laughs> like your carb, your carb avoiding friend on the internet told Careful us. Now. Um, so yeah, I, I what, but it is interesting. One does get to see how the language is manipulated and how propaganda mm. is born. The whole Jeremy Corbyn chicken thing, which I think has worked. It, apparently, it's worked quite well. Um, the, the, the 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 thick people do buy into it now. Oh. I said he won election, and then he said, I don't want election, therefore it's a thing. <laughs> Whereas, of course, the reality is, yeah, Jeremy Corbyn's fault is that he's too quick to want an election, and he's desperate yes. for one, and he had to be basically sat on and smothered with a pillow in order not, <laughs> to, not to fall into the massive bear trap that was being set for him. He had to do what Tony B. Lyre said. Mm, which must have made him <laughs> sick. Yeah. As I was saying to you via text the other day, can you imagine uh, how brilliant it would saying, be? Saying, as I was saying to you by text the other day, is as awful as someone who phones a radio phone and says, as I was just saying to your researcher. As I was saying to your researcher. This is information to me as a listener. Uh, John, as I was saying to your researcher. Yes. Um, 
can you just imagine what it'd be like if we had a competent leader of the opposition who didn't believe in Brexit? I mean, no, I'm, not thank that, you. I'm not saying it in a trite way. I was actually imagining all the amazing possibilities that we'd have now. Um, that, that anything that we've got so far has been kind of pulling and prodding the ridiculous Corbyn left, right and centre to, to, to avoid his own instincts. I was thinking, imagine we had somebody who were actually competent and principled about this. Yeah, thing, but you know? Nick, would you be saying that if uh, you weren't, you, you know, you know what you are? Well, I was hearing him talk the other day in, in Parliament and I noticed that with every single breath he took in, there was this emphysemic wheeze. You'll now notice it every time he goes, can I just say to the Prime Minister, and it's furthermore, it's just not tenable. You're going to notice that now forevermore. He is 70. Give the guy a break. And he's also a vegetarian vegan. John Pre- John Humphreys is mm-hmm. 76. Is he? That's a bit I looked too that up old. this morning. He was interviewing a 77-year-old lady what had just gone round the world in a boat. This and morning on the Today programme. He said, well done, I can barely get around my house on my feet. Well, no, he he said, shouldn't you have just put your feet up and retired? And then Nick Robinson said, there you go, John, there's something for your retirement. He said really pointedly. And John, is he still on the radio, Humphreys? I think you know. You don't, you, surely you listen to the Today programme, Nicholas. Um, no, since Brexit. we civilised adult. No, since, 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 Bre- since Brexit, we've stopped listening. We, we put, we're woken by Radio 3. Oh, I, I switched over from Radio 4 this morning because Toby was in the room and they were talking about uh, sexual abuse stuff. And so, so I, I demanded Google switch to Radio 3 and they played one of my favourite pieces of Arvo Park music. So Radio 3 is a much better way to wake up in the morning. We have our radio turn on at 7, which means that we hear the news, so we hear everything we need, and then it plays something good. I we don't have our radio. We have a child that wakes us up at seven in the morning. He springs into our bed. Does he give you the news though? He fails to give us the news. Um, I've tried sometimes, and then we when we arrive in the kitchen for breakfast, we say we demand that Google play Radio Four. We say this is for other listeners. We say, "Hey Google, play Radio Four at volume 10. <laughs> or, or perhaps Alexa, play Radio Four. There you go. That's good, but I said I did it so that they their speaker plays it at the oh, top gosh, volume. Yeah, it's too is. loud. Alexa, stop! <laughs> Bloody hell! <sighs> um, I try using Toby like a, a smart speaker, and sometimes hey, he goes, and sometimes he doesn't. Hey, I say, hey Toby, what noise does a lion make? And he sometimes says, he'll lean in. I say, I'm sorry, a line is makes no noise on a piece of paper or something like that. What does, what does he say? Toby says, Toby, Toby likes to ask uh, Google for things that don't make noise. He says, hey, Google, what noise does a house make? To which Google will always reply, a horse sounds like this. <laughs> Good. Do you know what I don't need from Google is her sass. No? Yeah, I really don't need like the sass. Like what? Like, um, Laura, Laura uses it for timers when she's baking. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Laura's Kitchen Cakery mm-hmm. for all your bespoke cake baking needs in mm. the very close to where we live area. Um, the and she says, "Hey Google, set a timer for five minutes," which my phone is now doing. Um, and and five Google will say, 
Starting now. She's always oh, she just said, "All right, five minutes starting now," which is fine. But oftentimes you go, "Okay, then," and that's starting now. That's, she, no. she, she just wants to be more friendly, John. What do you have against friendly her. women? I don't need this nonsense. I just want. And so when I ask it to play Radio Four, she says, "Playing Radio Four, BBC Radio Four from the BBC." Joe, just don't say anything. Just play it. Well, they have to acknowledge that they've. Um... What's well, worse, I don't know if it does it on uh, Google, but on on the Amazon speaker, whose name I shall not mention, um, they will go um, playing BBC Radio 4 from the BBC, and then the BBC radio station starts, and, and, and then some horrible estuary-ish woman goes, this is Radio 4 from the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> At least we uh, don't have that. So you get about a 20-second prelude before you can actually kill the programming you want. Alexa, set alarm for 4.15 a.m. Haha, I'm wearing earphones, so <laughs> she can't hear a word you're saying. It's for the, re- it's for the re- other listener. Okay, yeah. It's, it's um, an, I mean, this must cause chaos daily. <laughs> Surely. Um, uh, Victoria's uh, sister-in-law's sister... Her name, ah. her name is, yes. Is she really called Alexa? Yeah, and so that's causing major problems. <laughs> that's really funny because Laura's brother's um, may, uh, brother-in-law's dog's previous owner's aunt is called Hey Google. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, well, they have a similar problem. Well, they can just say Hey Key for short. It's saying, how can I help? It's so My phone is being so confused by this. Good, as it should be. Um, I said, so, now she's asking what I'm confused about. I'm confused about everything, Google. About what? Everything. Here are some results from the web. <laughs> oh, that's such a cop out. I <laughs> hate here are some results from the web. They should just say, I just got be asked or something. I, you know, that's horrible. Don't give me results hey, from. Hey, Google, what noise does an Allosaurus make? Hmm, I don't have a sound for that yet. Oh, she's so rubbish. Hey, Google, what noise does a brontosaurus make? Hmm, I don't have a sound for that yet. Why is she so rubbish? Also, you can't say hmm twice in a row if you're pretending I to know. be Pally. The algorithm yeah. should have said, I also should also remember that you did ask and say, actually, I also don't have a sound for that either. I'm a bit rubbish today, aren't I? I do wish it were conversational. What noise does a dinosaur make? This is a Brachiosaurus. She's so on beyond useless. Let's give her one more chance. What noise does a dinosaur make? This is a dinosaur. There you go. How does she know that? And here's to- oh, exactly. Here's Toby's favourite. What noise does a ghost make? This is a ghost. That's that's the official noise that ghosts make. Very good. Did Toby yeah. ask for that? Uh, all the time. Okay. And then he gets scared by it and wishes he hadn't done it. <laughs> what an idiot. Is yeah, he he's an absolute moron. Is he enjoying school? He's been twice um, and he's loving it. At the moment. Well, they, they, very, they, they do a 
a clever bait and switch boil the frog thing in reception yes, they, they make do. it seem like it's humane for a while it does seem that they do this they boil the frog for six years now before it gets really awful <laughs> well yeah J- judith has realized now that it's has she? that, she's, that she's in prison yeah <laughs> i wonder how what long was my been... crime i mean we do we put our children in prison you are sentenced for 14 years, six hours a day, five days a week. To obey an arbitrary and capricious authority who has yeah. the power to punish you without uh, recourse to due process. <laughs> it's not and, okay, is it? And merely not being there is literally a crime. <laughs> you could homeschool. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought of homeschooling, Toby? Uh, I've I've thought about why I would never do it. Hmm. But most of your um, friends, I know people who've homeschooled. Exactly. I know people who've homeschooled extremely successfully. May I presume most of your friends do homeschool to stop them learning know, about the games. I only know I only know one person from the olden days who homeschooled all five of their children, and most of them got straight A's in their exams. Not gay A's, straight A's, and that was straight. the point of the homeschooling. Well, exactly. exactly. You don't want to, that's the way you get the gay A's as you catch that in school. You do. Um, Oh, I'm still a bit depressed about this country, John, despite your best efforts. Can you make me happier about it now, please? Okay, Fireman Sam is trending on Twitter. Yeah, I know, because their particular fireman department refuses to use it because it'll only appeal to boys, not girls. Which is perfectly reasonable. No, it's not. Not necessarily needs to be on the front page of The Sun. It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. We should stop being so childish just because a girl... No, we should stop using Fireman Sam because it's awful. Have you watched it? That's an aesthetic argument, but I don't want people to say, oh, just because it's a boy, girls won't like it, and just because it's a girl, boys won't like it. Can we grow up from that nonsense, please? But they just, all they need to do is have the female firefighter character on the posters, too. It's not a difficult thing to solve. I'm sure they've stopped doing it because they watch an episode of the modern Fireman Sam. Oh, oh, I haven't seen the modern Fireman It's CGI now. Okay, well, that's it. Don't don't say anything else. The same thing happened with Postman Pat. No, it didn't. Postman Pat is still stop motion animation. You it's fool. not. It's not the no, latest well, it, ones. It, it is. No, you're wrong. And you're. I'm not wrong. They haven't made free. any for about Thanks. four or five years, and it's been stop motion from start to finish. I'm afraid you're incorrect. It's Postman Pat is stop motion. It's still terrible. It's now Postman Pat's special delivery service, and he seems to work for a career company slash post office. What's well, been privatized? Part- hasn't it? Yes, but most of that's been privatised, but it's still stop motion and it's still ghastly beyond comprehension. He's the most incompetent postman, post carry human letterer of all time. He fails to deliver every single package on time. Every single one, something goes wrong and he fails to deliver it. And yet they still celebrate him as a local hero. He is a local hero. His name's Postman. He should be Pat. working for Yodel. Does Yodel still exist? It can't still exist. I don't think it does. I haven't heard of it for a while. Most I think re- it died re-blinded. a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, they fired all their staff the day before Christmas or something, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Just as they, well. What they do is they took their staff and they just threw them over a fence. Do you listen to any modern popular music? I do, yes. How come? You're too old. Every Well, I don't listen to the charts music, um, but every Monday I listen to my Spotify Discover playlist. Are you ever pleasantly surprised? Very often. Um, uh, very r- r- normally one or two songs a week at most. But and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Adding new bands to my oeuvre all the time. 
I'm very loath to do the oh music today is rubbish, not like an hour day. However, because it isn't. No, it is. Uh, popular is, and, <laughs> and 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 that's objectively true. And I'll tell you how I can say that. <laughs> there there have been a number of academic studies yeah, looking yeah. at the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the vocabulary mm-hmm, yeah. and theme used in lyrics. And the number of different uh, chord changes and chromaticism within popular music, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it has within the last ten years, it has fallen precipitously and objectively. The, I'm the, assuming they were literally they were only looking at top forty music rather than yeah, well, all the amazing top, yeah. music that's out there. I'm comparing top forty. Yes, I, I'm There's not no saying all music that. is rubbish. What I'm saying is that music which is promoted as popular and given radio play is objectively. More, uh, well, let's not say worse, let's say a lot more simplistic than in any other generation well, in objective, measurable terms. Sure. And I don't, I don't doubt that. But Why do you think that is? Because it's, it's cheap to produce, I guess. Because, yeah, because people like what they already know and, and we're just, so we're just aiming for no, a... they're, 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 They've been fed that as a cheap option. It's like, we'll do auto-tune, but then we'll make auto-tune sound like it's the aesthetic that you expect because then that means it's a lot easier for us so you Mm -hmm. con people into expecting and demanding a certain aesthetic which actually acts against their better creative uh nourishment but nevertheless is cheaper to produce and and uh promote i've been listening to katie day's new album solip sisters i see Um, what she did there there's a new uh um a new death camp for cutie ep that's got a couple of very good tracks on it why is it called death camp for cutie death, I've camp. Asked death camp for cutie i don't know where they got their name from should we find out i, I mean they've like been going the over 20 years we've mentioned it before on this podcast and we may have even said why but i've forgotten so let's We're both it. very old death, death camp, camp for, for cutie, cutie. Uh, origin name origin doesn't have that um it began I... as a solo project. Oh, yeah, for Ben Gibbard, who had, when he was the guitarist for the band Pinwheel. Mm-hmm. Um, he released a cassette titled "You Can Play These Songs with Chords." The release, blah blah blah. Death Cab for Cutie was formed at Blah University. Come on now, John. Do Doesn't seem to... to know. Right. I'm going to now do show you how you're supposed to use Google. Really? Okay. I just used Wikipedia. I didn't use Google. Death Cab for Cutie. Name, origin, bang. The group's name comes from the song Death Cow for Cutie, written by Neil Innes and Vivian Stansel, and ah. performed in their group, the Bonzo uh, the Dog, Dog Band, in the Beatles movie Magical Mystery Tour. So then you have to find out why they... So you look up the original song. Let's go to the Death Cow for Cutie song. I would never have okay. put Ben Gibbard as a Bonzo fan. Innes' inspiration for the song was the title of a story in an old American pulp fiction crime magazine he came across... At a street market. There you go. Well, there you go. Actually, and it is in Wikipedia. It's in the top introduction bit for some silly reason. Yeah, and then you can go to In Conversation with Neil Innes and you find out, isn't the internet amazing? No. How the hell would we have found that out 30 years ago? Assuming they Do you know what? The I mean, no, primary... Go on. No, I'm not asking that rhetorically. How... Say you really want to know how they got the name Death Cab for Cutie. There's no such thing as the internet. What would you have done? I would have not known. I think you would have just resigned to not knowing. Yeah, absolutely. That is unknowable information. There used to be a time where most information was not easily knowable. 
What do you, you use the Isn't that internet? Amazing? But ignoring silly things like social media and, and email and and, and and work, what's your the main reason you go straight what do you go straight to the internet for most often? Ignoring social media. Well, at the yeah. moment doing Duolingo. Um, oh yes. I'm currently what language are you learning? Um, I'm 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 perfecting my Spanish because my uh, I need to I want I want to become I, can, I, I as you know I can I can read Spanish fine I can read Spanish and it's fine and I can kind of talk it okay but what really still screws me is if you ever go to Spain or speak to a Spanish person or even worse a, a South American person they what 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 comes out into your ears is just a pile of of, of gibberish. Is it because it's colloquial Spanish or because it's pronunciation? It's the speed and the pronunciation. We'll be like, you know, imagine you have learnt English like this. The mm-hmm. cat sat on the mat and they go, you know, she's just going around in school all the time. She's very upset about yeah. it. And, you know, and if you think about it, it's that they're kind of not related to one another except very tangentially. And yet they're both called English. And it's the same thing with Spanish. Um, so, yeah, I want to get to the stage where I can actually understand when total uh colloquial and uh conversational spanish is used and that's that's tough and it's very difficult to do with uh with an online thing like duo but at least now they do do listening exercises you said uh, do do uh, yeah exactly so uh-huh. anyway so and what else do i do at the moment on my phone what's open in my tabs uh king lear i decided to read king lear because i gave you know but you I don't give, like shakespeare no you know i give shakespeare a 10-year moratorium uh, t- t- oh, 10-year prorogation <laughs> and I decided to wake him up with King Lear, and actually, I'm quite enjoying it. It's it's kind of <gasps> Gasp. It's, it's kind of like a better Game of Thrones. King Lear is it is it is Game of Thrones, literally, right? Mm. Mm. So yeah, it's not bad, not bad. King Lear as a player. I am just, I am dead surprised to hear you being pro Shakespeare. It's all right. It's just overused. You would know. You were used. To, I've. You wrote a blog article about this. In fact, so we can find it, saying, I, 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 saying I, I, that he was but, not that good. No, uh, his comedy is awful. But this isn't a comedy. Fair enough. Um, Can't believe uh, you don't find it funny that someone dresses up as the other sex <laughs> in a funny disguise, and then talks about stewed prunes and that fishing is for very funny fishing for trout in a peculiar lake, or is it? River? If you pretend that you yeah. knew stuff from that time, and then you apply that, you can do this laugh when you go to uh, see a Shakespeare play. <laughs> there's there's something worse than a Shakespeare play laugh, and I've heard it in real life, and that's the comic opera laugh. Oh yes, like somebody just does something that would be considered it wouldn't be considered a, even funny on um, a course at Wimbledon. Uh, or, 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 or a pratfall on on um, CBBS, you know. Uh, and they go, oh, 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 look, the the man tripped. Oh. Well, what are you talking about, Wimbledon? Though is that where the worst comedy is? That's where everything that if Wimbledon courts magnify comedy. So if a tennis player pretends mm-hmm. to answer a phone that they hear ringing, mm-hmm. the crowd is literally weeing from the seats onto the court in, in hilarity. So that's how the grass gets watered, basically. Exactly. It's just a mad yellow shower. Um, but when they pretend to answer the phone, what do they do? They, do they sort of hold their thumb and their forefinger? They finger, hold, hold their finger up. Yeah, and they're like, uh-huh. And, and then um, if a bird lands on the, the, the court and then one of the players does a, sort of interacts with it in some 
totally banal way. Like how? Then, mo- we'll just sort of wave at it and and maybe give it a, cl- a, a chirpy noise or something. And the whole court is d- dies. They all die of heart attacks from laughing too hard. <sighs> I hate I hate your tennis people. I know you're a tennis fan, but I really don't. I like have. Tennis no, I'm not a tennis fan. You are. I don't you know, really even know the names. I know Djokovic. I think that's you, one of them. Uh, you're going mad. There was a time when you would stay up and watch it. Oh, I'm watching the tennis. I'd never stay up to watch tennis because it was on during the daytime. No, but um, you... no my mum is obsessed with tennis. She watches nothing but tennis all day, every day. Right. She always has the Eurosports on with the tennis on. Um, I, wa- I used to watch Wimbledon with her when I was a teenager, but that's about it. I used to like Novotna. No, John, that age is the last time I watched tennis was Novotna was playing. I, I, this is like trying to argue. Are you with confusing a, baseball and tennis? Nick? No, this is like trying to argue with a toddler who can't remember that he fact did go to that amusement park when he was younger. Um, I've never. I've I watched tennis when I was a teenager with my mum. I've never cared about it. Um, I used to, I liked watch. I like watching those when that funny man with the moustache does the game at Wimbledon with his the doubles match. You you used to go on about this particular tennis player and that particular tennis player, and you didn't no. like him, and he was and he was and he was nasty, but the other one was nice. You would go on about it tediously. I just can't. Who are you? I would get very can... angry about Tim Henman. And yes. his hateful crowds. Yeah, you constantly go on about Tim Hedman. How did you that know was about him? Thousands of years ago. Yep, yeah, I didn't say it was yesterday, but you used to watch Tim Hedman with the You've Lackerty. known me since I was eighteen. And you used to, yeah, I'm talking about that. And you used to watch Tim Hedman with alacrity. I remember. No, I didn't. Ice I used to not watch it because I got so cross. I would. You're remembering the story of the time I went to the pub and the Tim Hedman match was on, and I got told to. F off out of our country for not supporting him by a British man. I remember your. T- I remember exactly the medium told me it was in the black media type screen of an ICQ chat. <laughs> that was in the nineties, Nick. Yes, yes. That was. I was a teenager in the nineties, so yes. my account still applies. So, so tell the listener about that story then, because I think oh, we told story, this story long no, ago. In that story sure is a prefiguration. It's a prefiguration of Brexit. <sighs> it is. I'm sure I've told this story. No. And I can it's so long ago I can barely remember. Um it would have been when I was a student. I was home for a summer holiday, I think. Um and uh that I was watching Tim Henman lose to um I want to say Ivanisevich. I think he was right at the end of his career. Um Goran. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, um, you were watching it, you knew the names oh, of the Oh no, it people, wasn't. It was an Australian it was an Australian with a massive serve. What was this now? I don't remember his name. Yeah, it's funny anyway. you know all of this, but apparently you've never watched tennis and you're not interested. I'm t- oh my gosh, I used to watch it when I was younger. And used to like it. I did, there was nothing wrong with it. I don't I just don't. You see, we've un we've we've unpicked your earlier The lie. listener is aware that I never said anything contradicting this. But the anyway. The listener knows you're the cut of your jib now. So anyway, he was being absolutely trounced and I was watching him be trounced at home and I was delighting in it because I hated Tim Henman and I hated everything that he did. Could you explain why? Just just give a tangent because you mentioned he was a mediocre tennis he was a mediocre tennis player who was always given an extraordinarily fortunate draw at Wimbledon where for some peculiar reason he was always given he was just up against toddlers and puppies until Come the on, final. Tim! Come on, Tim! Henman uh, Hill. I remember that was even your first naive argument with me about 
Why why do we have to support the country? Why can't we just support the best player? He said naively. Do you remember? Correctly, you mean. Anyway, so you didn't like come on, Tim, and his and you didn't like the way the crowds were just knee jerkly. I unlike on, the crowds did not want to come on Tim. Mm. Uh so uh he was being beaten and it was entertaining, and then I had to go to the pub to meet my friends. And so I was at the pub and I popped in a couple of times because I had the match on in the TV in there um, to see how he was, whether he was still losing. And um, it got to a bit, he was a breakdown in the, I think it was two sets and a breakdown. He was doing terribly. Um, and then he, uh, he was serving, he was serving to save the match and he managed to do that. And I'm watching this and there's a crowd of British people go, <laughs> in this pub mm-hmm. um and then uh i was like oh when he did when he when he saved when he served to save i was like oh and this guy looked at me and went what's wrong with you i said nothing and he said why aren't you sporting tim henman i said it doesn't matter nothing and then he said um and he said but you should short support tim henman and i said well, i don't want to can we not talk about this and he said, why don't you support him? And I said, do you really want me to answer you? Yeah. And I said, because he's uh, 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 not very good in his league and he's not a very nice person. Um, and I really like this other guy. He's quite good. And so I'd rather this guy win. If you're British, you support Tim Emmett. And then his, this guy's wife part slash partner starts joining. Yeah, you should support Tim Emmett. Nah, nah, nah. And then the rest, then there's four of them at this table all shouting at me for not supporting Tim Henman. And I said, look, he's not, you know, he's, he's been, you know, do you remember when he was thrown out of Wimbledon for hitting a ball, a ball girl with a tennis ball? You know, he's just not a particularly nice guy and he's not a particularly interesting player. And oh, the huge spy. And then eventually one of them shouted at me, if you don't support Tim Henman, you should F off out of our country. But obviously didn't say F. Did you ask where? I laughed out loud because that was so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the this was the peak of F off out of our country in the in the late nineties, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the, whoever he was playing went up and and served for the match and played four aces in a row <laughs> to win, and it was just glorious. And I pumped my fist and left, and they all shouted after me. Were you worried? Their sweary you... insults. Weren't you worried that you'd get beaten up? I was a little bit worried I would get beaten up, but I think it was quite a busy pub, and I figured that um, someone would step in. What would have happened if they would have started becoming physical? I would have t- t- defended myself and called for help. But would you have defended yourself? I mean, what's your instinct when these things happen? To block and run. Not to fight back. God gracious, no, I wouldn't know how. Why don't you learn? <laughs> because I have no desire to get into a fight. Yeah, but you, you, you have no desire to get knocked over by a car. That's why you learn how to cross the road. Yes, but I learn how to cross the road, not how to punch cars out the sky. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you learn how to fight? Because like, I don't do want a, to fight. Ma- you've never done a martial art? No. Not once? Not even judo or anything like that? Oh, I did judo. I did some judo when I was a small child, yes. Mr. Homewood, uh, awful, awful teacher in the third year at middle school. Is he now on a list? After, no, he's not. In fact, he went off to become an Ofsted officer, and now he's a headmaster somehow. Mm. Um, but he was no uh, good. He was 
he spoke he taught us for a year when I was eleven, and he never taught us anything. He would spend entire afternoons painting while we sat around and watched him paint. <laughs> that sounds quite nice in a way. <laughs> now I'd love to just quietly sit someone competent, sit and watch someone competent paint. He would in music lessons. He would play tunes on a keyboard while we sat and listened. We wouldn't get to play on the keyboard. So basically, he was just doing his hobbies while being paid. He was showing off to a group of 30, 11 year olds. Um, and he used to get really angry. He used to do things like um, if you're if someone's desk, we had those old flip up desks. Do you remember? Did you ever see these? Yeah. Um, with the inkwell in it that was yes. only used for pencil sharpenings. I don't know um, why they just didn't use ink. I mean, why not? It's fun. Why the why we were still using flip desks with ink wells in, in the 80s, I do not understand. But he would get angry and he would grab them by the legs and then flip them upside down and shake everything out onto the floor. Why? Because he, he had a very bad temper. Doesn't sound like the sort of person who should be put in charge of children. No, I don't. I would agree with that that view. He was terrible. Anyway, he taught us judo somehow. I don't know if he had any judo knowledge or skills. <laughs> you probably didn't. He just say, "Well, I'll trip him up." There you go. That looked like a good trip. <laughs> I got belt. I was belt. so good at judo that I got a yellow bar on my white belt. Wow! I think that's the very lowest thing you can achieve in judo. And did you stop? Um, I did it for a while, and then I think it stopped. But I learnt to break fall. That's useful. Why don't you take it up again? Because I don't want to play judos. Why not? Because it's I don't want to have to grapple other sweaty men. What's Toby Sounds doing? Horrible. Toby does gym and swimming, um, and that's about it at the moment. Nothing competitive. He should do something competitive. He's not very good at competitive. Oh no! How was Judy when she was four? How was she at losing games at parties and things? Um, I believe she found it unacceptable. Yes, Toby finds it extremely unacceptable. Although, although uh, the way that Jessica deals with this is that she just doesn't lose. She will re- <laughs> just reconfigure the rules or whatever, or just stop the game, or, and so that's Excellent. that's fine. Yeah, so that works. So, yeah. uh, to- that, oh, Toby's done gym for years, and he loves it, and he's good at it. Is he um, good at it though? No, he, he's not. <laughs> he's good at it for a four-year-old. Mm. Um, He's capable and he's extremely bendy, so he can do all sorts of gymnasticky things. And if it, if it's something he enjoys doing, I think he could get you know pretty decent at it. Until he we changed his gym class um, because his old one was during school hours, so we can't go to it anymore. Um, so we're going to a more local one. And the very first week, they had you know, 10, 12 kids in there, and at the end, they just they awarded a trophy to the kid who did best that week, mm-hmm. which didn't go to Toby who then absolutely lost it, screaming and crying and wailing. Like, And it's ugly and horrible, and it's, it's, don't endorse this at all, and we're trying our best to explain to him why this is actually no, unacceptable. I'm, to be fair, if it was literally losing things like that, that was one thing. But when it came to, you know, awarding trophies or, you know, who won that particular thing, we actually Judith couldn't give a damn. She could barely remember. Uh, so no, she didn't care about that sort of thing at that's, all. But that's good. Yeah, so of yeah. course, what they then said to Laura was, "Oh, we make they they explained to the children. They said everyone gets a chance to win it during the term, 
So that what? makes no yeah. And then they said to Laura when Toby was, you know, she's trying to calm places. him down, and they said, "Would you like us to arrange for him to win it next week?" I hope Laura said no. No, of course she said no. Because you, that's what she said. What are you? Why are you doing? Can, she said, "Can someone explain to me why?" You're telling most of the children in this class each week that they didn't do well enough. What's the, what is the motivation behind this? And the lady said, well, most of the children are old enough to understand. Well, to be fair, I mean, I think we need to learn that people will judge you. And if you are second best, you are second best. I think it's a, I don't a have any objection to that. It's a useful, safe place to learn such a lesson. I don't object to that in context. I, but now Toby's only reason to go to gym is to win this damn trophy, which he can only do once a term because if they're, you know, they're handing no, it out stupid. arbitrarily. No, that, that is stupid. That is stupid. And so they now should, something should... he's done for two and a half years because he loves it is now going to be something he's doing to achieve this bloody trophy and not Good, because so he loves he's it anymore. Come into the real world. Um, I think that... They don't need... To, the, the real world can be as we choose it to be. No, it can't. I, we're, we're a competitive <laughs> species. I think that... Uh, their problem is it should either be a proper meritocracy where with the same children could constantly win it, or they shouldn't do it at all. They've well, got they this shouldn't weird do it. hybrid. Shouldn't do it at all is the ob- no one's no. gaining anything out of this. No student um, of the week. Uh, and to be fair with Judy's uh, multi sports, which then came sports academy student of the week was absolutely not necessarily the student who happened to do the best in the game or throw the ball. They would say, okay, I noticed that you were really trying this week or you had a really nice attitude, et cetera, et cetera. So student of the week did not mean have the person who happened to win that week. I so think I think there's, there seem to be obvious solutions to this to me. So you don't have a trophy, but you give everyone who's tried hard that week gets given the sticker or whatever it is. And so if you've tried hard, you get a sticker. If you haven't tried hard, you don't get a sticker and you can go cry about it. Yeah. Um, that seems fine to me. Although the way Toby's school does it is they have a jar. And um, if someone achieves really well at something or is really good or blah, 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 they get to put a pom-pom in the jar. Mm-hmm. And then when the jar is full, the whole class shares one jar. And when it's full, the whole class gets a prize. That seems a great way to do it. That way you get the achievement of putting the pom-pom in the jar. You feel that moment of success. But you don't. no one loses. That seems much more sensible when you're five. I think they need to be losers. You want them just to be constantly beaten down at the earliest opportunity. I think they need to learn. Life's going to suck when you're older, so let's make it suck when you're younger. Well, let's make it suck, suck in, a, in, a, in a safe, emulated way. And then but you no, can learn. There's to... no reason for that. It's going to well, suck. It doesn't hurt less when life sucks when you're older because, because it I... sucked when you were no. younger. No, because I think what you can do is you can learn how to deal with that disappointment in a way that isn't screaming and crying and you can become stoical. You can say, okay. <laughs> you can become just just beaten down to no, emotionless. Yeah. No, you can say, clearly those other children are better than me at this, but I still enjoy that. And you learn to negotiate that. Well, we, 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 with the way we're dealing with Toby is to sit down and explain to him, you are not best at everything. And he was shocked to hear this. I think that's a profoundly important lesson. That's and fine. That's fine. But I don't, he, that, but the, the consequence, even you have managed to conclude they didn't just give out the trophy at all. I mean, it's but, clearly, it's clear, clearly not a lesson that say Boris Johnson ever was taught. Exactly. So, so we are very happy to teach him that lesson to point out that he's not best. He says to me, but daddy, I always win at races with you. I'm like, Oh God! Yeah, you 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 do, Toby. Because that's because I let you. No, you shouldn't say. You say no. That's because I am very fat and slow. I'm very very fat and lazy. Yeah, I mean that's. He said to me the other day, "Daddy, I'm definitely stronger than you." I said, "Why do you think that?" And he said, "Because I always win arm wrestles." (laughs) 
Like, if you arm wrestle a four-year-old, there's no satisfaction in winning. It's much more fun to lose. I mean, you could say, yes, you are, because I'm excruciatingly weak. I'm a cripple. But uh, there are people who are stronger than me and stronger than you. That's fine. I, um, I said, Toby, I am, I am stronger than you because I'm a lot bigger than you. As we're closer to, um, close to the end, I just wanted to say how pleased I am that your MP, Jacob Rees-Mogg's mask, has basically slipped off in public and he's massively tarnished his carefully grown carapace. Do you agree? I, I I want to agree, but I don't think it will work. I think everyone will have forgotten by, you know, October the 14th. I mean, I remember uh, it was a lazy thing. Oh, nice, polite Victorian gentleman. It's these lazy, superficial tropes that always annoyed me intensely. Um, I can give you two other examples. If you remember in the 90s, John Redwood, because he looked a bit like Mr. Spock, was considered, was called Mr. Spock, and oh yes, rational, he's like a Vulcan. No, he isn't. He's a nasty, irrational man, just because he looks a bit like that. You, you have no right to. Similarly, Victoria Beckham, posh spice. No, just just wearing a, a, a fashionable frock doesn't make Ms. Essex there posh. So yeah. I, well, no, uh, that was just that was just nicknames given out by by, un- by a marketing executive. I know, and it was unacceptable. Oh yeah, she'll be the posh one. No, she's not posh. She's a scratter. Sure, but that <sighs> scary spice wasn't particularly frightening. She was a bit frightening. She was the black one, and therefore scary because it's a bit sad. Yes, exactly. That is, that does seem a bit racist now, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, as you so so no, but what do you think? I. Oh, well, I think shut I... up, Alexa. Sorry, she's. <laughs> oh, for sake. Alexa, stop. Anyway, smart speaker is an ironic name. <laughs> Why is she still going? <laughs> What's she talking about? I don't I can't know. Hear her. About translation or something. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, that's it. Um, I love that she decided she wasn't going to stop either. <laughs> She's still going! Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop! There you go. Phew. Um, I told Google she was very naughty this morning and she said, oh, I thought I was behaving very well. So anyway, yeah. So why do you think that I might be being too hopeful about Jacob Rees-Mogg? Because I think people's memories are one minute long. Uh, there is, I have had an idea as you were saying that though. He uh, often... But there's the meme. There's the meme of his. Well, this is my thing. Down. So listen to me, let me speak. I insist that I let you let me speak. <laughs> I haven't uh, finished. <laughs> Look, you have me on your show. You should let me say my piece. It's just you two, you don't let us callers finish our points because you think you're so clever. Yeah. Come on. I then. just think all the darkies should go back to Russia. <laughs> Carry on. I tweeted the other day a very funny joke that no one cared less about. I tweeted that all Sylvanian, Sylvanian families should go back to Sylvania. Mm-hmm. And um, the, Sylva- the official Sylvanian families account followed me. Oh. That's weird. Anyway, so Mr. Mogg often um, leaflets and hangs out on the Cainstream High Street. And the place where he often stands is right next to Toby's death bench. Mm-hmm. So I think the next time he's doing that, I might recline on that bench and look utterly bored for the entire time he's there. Uh, and 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 has that worked? No, that's what I'm planning. That's my plan. That's what I'm going to do next time I see him. I'm going to recline on that bench and look furious, <laughs> bored. You had your chance. What do you mean I had my chance? You could have stopped him. 
<laughs> just stabbed him in the street. No, but you had your chance to say something withering to him and you failed. I did say so. I said to him that I think he's a disgrace. And he said, aren't you lucky that you get to call me that? He said, um, oh, God, jolly, awfully marvellous. I'll resign immediately. But then he must have got distracted on the way to resign. But he's a, he didn't do once. I mean, he was talking about his Christianity once and you had a discussion. Talking about it once. He talks about it all the time. This is the man who, and I know we said this before, at the hustings I went to, announced that food banks were a wonderful, a marvellous, simply wonderful thing. Yeah, we've talked they about allow it. us an opportunity to show Christian love. To be fair, that's true. You know, we, 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 we do. Gross. Can you imagine? Jesus would be turning on his cross. No, it does. It is a sign of love that you give people food for no obligations. That's a nice thing to do, isn't it? That is a nice thing to do. But believing that is a virtue of the existence of food banks is disgusting beyond comprehension. Did you have a word with him about that? Uh, I, sh- I booed and shouted like I, the most of the people in the room did. The lady from the Green Party started crying. <laughs> OK, no, that's unacceptable. <laughs> but she really did. She was it so would be the what lady was from the green just party. so monstrous. But he's he's a Victorian gentleman. He's very polite. <sighs> but when he started slouching, I thought, what do you slouching think he was? Is, slouching was just bad optics. As the but kids what, he, what in but his head did he think he lying, was doing? And lying is what. Of all people to lie, it just makes me so surprised. What did he, what do you think he thought he was doing? What when he was slouching? Yeah, I think he thought he was being arch. That's what I think. So saying this whole thing is ridiculous. It's all beneath me. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is a waste of everybody's time, and I'm how I show my contempt. Yeah, didn't work though, did it? No, it did not. It didn't work at all. Yeah. All right. Well, you still haven't got rid of him. Shall we say goodbye? We better had it's nearly an hour. Gosh. Don't you have any work to do? Yeah, I blame you. Breaking Uh, news. What's breaking news? What? Um, Significant news in Edinburgh. Court of session rules prorogation of parliament is unlawful. Oh, judges rule parliament suspension is unlawful. And and then what happens? But it will not affect the current suspension of parliament. (laughs) It's like... It is illegal. You have to put up with it. No, you know, it's like those ASA rulings. You know, the advertising standards. (laughs) The, you know that campaign that you ran successfully a year ago? You shouldn't have, yeah. naughty. You're not allowed to do last year's adverts again. Oh, please. No, sorry. Oh, you're so strict, oh, regulator. Oh. Yeah. All right. Although they, did, they did announce they did announce last night that um, uh, Deliveroo were in violation of their rules. Why? Because they showed an advert delivering food to an astronaut... And, and and this implies that they can deliver food anywhere and there are parts of the country, including where I live, I should add, where they don't deliver to. They don't deliver to space. They don't deliver to space and therefore that advert was not to be yeah. repeated. Uh, exactly. Uh, and that could be very dangerous because let's say somebody had a big problem saying, what, how are we going to feed our astronauts? Said, Actually, apparently we can just use deliveries. So let's send them out to space without any food. Yeah. I think that that could have led to deaths. Whew, thank goodness for the ASA. <laughs> Neither right. Deliveroo nor Uber Eats delivers to Canesham. They deliver to Bath and Bristol, but they can't drive the five minutes between the two. I am I am in London and therefore Deliveroo and Uber Eats and Just Eat and everybody else delivers to Just me. Eats deliver to us. They're the only ones. 
we get everything because we're not. I know because you live in the, the, the Brexit provinces. Yes, you get all the superheroes as well, right? Whereas you live in Brexit. I live in Brexit Central. Yes, we're now approaching Brexit Central. Please where this, where this rituals. please remember to, to take up pick up all your bigotry from the train before you leave the vehicle. Where this train terminates itself. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous, right? Go away. I'm proroguing this episode of Rum Doings. <clears throat>